You're listening to the Electronic Media Collective Podcast Network. Yeah, it's a mouthful. For more great shows like the one you're about to enjoy, visit electronicmediacollective.com. And now, our feature presentation. My time is yours. I was the last man standing. I am the man, and the man feels no pressure. You are facing a fuel-injected suicide machine. Fear from the man that rules the world. is the ruler of the internet i think we wow. have something to add to your name now yeah i tell you what guys and i told rob this you know i know we i think well rob was nice enough not to laugh at me but even in the beginning i was so nervous about this i couldn't even hardly talk uh my speech wasn't there um i had a hard time uh, answering questions it was, it was shocking to me because i've been in front of the camera my whole life but um, and that's something else. Rob has made this a real easy transition for me. But I hope to be. And what? I, while we started the vicious circle, we we don't want to say we're going to be the best podcast out there, but we do want to give them. You know, what we hope is accurate information, uh, good stories. Uh, we we love changing it up. We both have a love for music. We're going to probably bring Brandon on one week uh, to talk about some of the songs he's written and produced out of Nashville. Actually, some of them are really, really good. I've seen them. Um, actually, went to. Um, he actually helped me one time. A, a girl had got uh, thrown out of a car and was brain dead. And he got his band together and came over. And did we did a concert and wrestling thing together? And all the proceeds went to the to the girl. And a girl named Julie Robinson was help. I was helping her do it. it was her friend. Uh, oh, Julie's a heck of a nice girl. I hadn't seen her in a while, but Brandon is just a super nice guy. But um, but no, I, I hope one day that, and that's why too, I brought up internet Sid. I want this podcast to be a little bit different, have a little something funny. I don't want to be boring. Um, mm-hmm. uh, no, and, and Rob agrees. We, we want to have fun with this. And every time out, I'm having more and more fun. That's perfect. That is perfect. Well, here's one. This is from Alice. She said, Mackenzie said to tell you hi, and she likes watching you. She's six. Oh, Mackenzie, thank you very much. I, I appreciate that. I enjoy the, I, I'm happy that you do enjoy watching me. Uh, six years old, I, I, was, I was out throwing rocks at people. So you're much farther ahead of the game as a, being a good person than I was. That's, I noticed the ages because you just did the, the question for the podcast for Jackson, who just turned 10. Like your fans are coming in young now. Well, um, you know, I, I, they and I'm going to probably qu- credit that to the WWE Network thing. Uh, and this is the thing about people, Rob. <clears throat> you know this. You cannot force people to like somebody they don't like. Yeah. And from my understanding, and this is the WWE office telling me this, and you know they hate telling me anything. Um, but they said that since this network thing is popped up, my name is mentioned more than any name pr- present or uh, past or present or the past. I know I've been hearing a lot more lately too, especially it came up in that one video game, that uh, little phone game. Yeah. 
And then I, I text you a picture of that other new video game they put put me in. And yeah. believe me, guys, they're only doing it because it sells. They're not doing it because they like me. They hate me. And uh, I understand that. But, uh, again, sort of, again, um, but it, it's good to have young fans out there. And um, it's really nice to hear from them as well. And thank you for or, – for your uh, for your statement and 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 uh chiming in tonight mckenzie here's one from tj sid i'll never forget watching you play softball in forest city and smashing one of the furthest home runs i've seen in a person always loved watching you wrestle thanks tj now that is something i'm proud of is my softball uh and and that's the thing is rob of course tj I, i i always need to hear that but even when, like, if I would go to an autograph signing for WCW or WWF, if it was locally around here or something like that, I'd have at least 10 or 15 people come through there, not for that, for autograph softball. And they'd say the same thing. I never seen a softball hit that far. Now, this isn't bragging, but it'll sound like I'm bragging. A couple of things about my softball that really stick out as far as home run ability. One season, I had more home runs than all the teams combined in the league, okay? One time, in my, my best ever situation in home run derby, you got 10 pitches and 10 swings. I hit 9 out of 10 home runs, no. and they averaged 406 feet. Now, that's a major league baseball field, okay? And this is – not this is before loaded bats that they have today. This is before this was just using a regular uh, official, I think forty six core, whatever the blue dot was. It wasn't a red dot. And I remember a, a, a man when I came up to bat going, "This guy is not going to do that big of a deal." And about five home runs into it, man, everybody in the whole complex was over there watching it. And I and I, I I'm not kidding. Every one of these home runs went over the light poles. And I didn't count my home runs unless they went over the light poles. If it went over the fence, no big deal. Now, I actually got uh, – this also goes with my legends of softball player. In some leagues, sometimes you're only allowed, say, three home runs in a game, okay? Then after that, it could be a foul, an out, or a strike. Or a foul is a strike. All right, so I hit three home runs, but I actually hit a fourth home run. And so uh, my trivia question, how did I hit four home runs in a, in a league that was only allowed three home runs? I'll give you the answer. Okay. The guy was up against the fence. It hit his glove and took his glove off his hand and over the fence. And because he interfered with it, they counted it. They had to count it. As, as a, that's the only way that you could get an extra home run. So the ball was a line drive at the fence, took his glove off, it went over the fence, and I was awarded another home run. (laughs) Nice. Okay. And this is something, too, guys. This is the last I'm going to say because it sounds like I'm bragging. I could hit left-handed just as well. And I remember hitting a home run in a tournament one time. People didn't know who I was or knew who I was as a wrestler but didn't know who I was as a softball player. I'd hit a couple home runs right-handed. Then I turned around and hit a couple left-handed. And I remember one of the ladies on the other team said, is that legal? I said, well, as long as it goes over, it's legal. <laughs> yep. And I mean, dude, I could hit some shots left-handed as well. Nice. Uh, but I think the greatest, the farthest ones, some of the farthest ones I've hit, I remember playing in a baseball field where the, the fence was four, four or five center field, and I actually knocked it over those light field, those light poles. 
That's the same. That's that was at Chick Stadium. That's where Bo Jackson hit one that went 500 foot for the oh, baseball, wow. and I wasn't but just a few f- feet behind that with a softball. Nice. Same stadium, same same part of the field, center field over the light post. So I had a bat speed and power, and that's what what it takes is bat speed. Oh yeah, absolutely. If you can get that speed behind it, you can pop it. Well, it was all those years of power cleans. And, and believe it or not, running bleachers. Okay, now here's another little conversation that happened, I guess. Sid, can you read my messages? We're big fans. And then she said, is Rob bald? And, and yes, I am bald. <laughs> but then Kevin mentioned up, uh, Wils, I don't think he has the chat pulled up. And that's obviously when I was offline. This is how they keep talking to each other, which I love. I think it's great yeah. that the fans are helping each other. Sure. Then we have Eric Shaw. Oh, hey, this is my friend Eric from here. Uh, hey, Eric. He uh, helps run a TV station here called Your TV. Uh, Eric says, you're the man, Sid. What was the most challenging time during the WCW era? You know, Eric, I'll be honest with you. Um, I don't really remember a challenging time. It was such a great company to work for. Um it was really, it was just like if you'd worked for a corporation, um, as long as you came in and did your job and, um, you know, abided by the rules. I mean, everybody I worked under there under, I worked under Ole Anderson. I worked under, um, Eric Bischoff. Um, of course I've worked under the greatest boss of all time, Eddie Gilbert. Um, I don't, really remember really any challenging times now it was a challenge just your your schedule sometime uh now i'll I'll take this back most challenging time for me in wcw was missing the birth of my son um they didn't give me the day off for that and it was just a coincidence that um and this and i was at the time working in the office uh with Oli, uh helping create ideas and characters like you know, having a good time doing that. So I would be like the last person that would fly out on the day we'd fly out because I'd be in the office to the last second. And it was just by coincidence, we were, I, was, I think we had a show somewhere in Texas and my my original uh, one layover was Memphis. And it had a couple flights after that. So I was able to get picked up at the airport. I forget who picked me up. I think a buddy of mine, we drove to the hospital um, I got lost a little bit. By the time I got in there, the baby had, uh, Gunner had already been born. Took a picture with him and went right back to the airport. Uh, but I'll tell you something. I, I never looked at that other than that's part of the business and that's what you know uh, you sign up for. Uh, and then that baby's not going to remember me, but he'll remember you know if I can do something for his future. And that's the way I looked at it. But that was really the only challenging time and. That didn't bother me either. Excellent. Well, here's a question. Well, I don't think this is a question. It's more of a statement from Jason. I met you a few times at Lifetime Fitness in Collierville. You and Scott Hall kicked me off the cable crossover machine. Laugh out loud. I tell that story all the time in about 2009. Yeah. Uh, <clears throat> what happened there was Scott. I saw Scott at a show at an insane clown posse show, and he barely could, <clears throat> could walk. And I said, man, what's wrong? You know, he said, man, my hips. And I said, well, um, I said, I said, man, I'm no doctor. I said, but if you would like to come and stay for a 
a week or two. I'd get you on some, and I was doing that. Me and Brandon, I uh, was doing that documentary I did that we're gonna that I got turned down from your film festival. What? You didn't, yeah, you didn't put it in. Mm-hmm. Um, it was okay. called the promotion. But uh, me and Brandon were, were working on that, and I thought it'd be a great uh, to have Scott as you know in it as well. So I invited Scott over to uh, come and stay with me for a little bit to do some of that filming. And uh, so we found out, I found the gym called Lifetime Fitness, which is, uh, it's the cathedral of fitness. It's a multi-million dollar facility. It's something like you've never seen. It's got like, it's got a water park outside. It's got five Olympic size swim pools indoor, four, three basketball courts, a, a rock climbing wall. Every, they have their place for the kids to do their homework was like something maybe Fred Smith at FedEx would have. It was unbelievable. And they had these machines that could stretch you and stuff like that. So Scott um, uh, started working out, and he started working out over with me over there. That's where you. <clears throat> that's probably where you. Where, what you're talking about, because it's in Collierville. Excuse me, just a second. Mm-hmm. Now, when I usually would take advantage of someone and kick them off a machine, I would give them a, something like this. I'd go, "Hey, man, hate to break it to you like this, but you're in my future." meaning you're in my way of my future. I mean, I've got to get my set. So if you could get away or no, are you a doctor? No, then you can't help me get away. It was something like that. So, but, but, uh, I, most of the time that was mostly just jokes, but there were some really cool guys over there. Only thing about it was a bunch of metrosexual guys over there. Uh, I can't remember their names, but they were always pretty nice. Um, and everything, but it was a, everybody over there was just super nice people. That is awesome. Over 200 pieces of cardio. Oh, wow. I'm not kidding, Rob. You've never seen anything like it in the world. It's some, uh, some Arabian owns it. it uh, he, he, you didn't have to, he didn't even have to do commercials. And when he comes to town, he rents like the Fe- FedEx forum to have a spinning class right, for the city of Memphis. Really? Yeah. I'm telling you, you can't even get in there. It's so busy. And again, no one knows about it unless you're a member because he doesn't have to advertise. But it's still packed. See, that's, oh, that's great. They got a great cafe. It's called Lifetime Cafe. And of course, everything healthy, 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 you know. Nice. Well, here is one from Jonathan, our buddy over in Ireland. Uh, did you enjoy working with Sting? I heard you guys had great chemistry. We talked a bit about that last time, didn't we? Yeah, but it's always good to talk about it again. Uh, yeah, Jonathan, I, I can't, uh, again, uh, express how great, Sting is, um, and he would be the first to admit uh, he had good psychology, not great psychology, but he was a giver and he was a hard worker, and he always wanted the best, and that's what you want in in a, in a dance partner or opponent in a, in a wrestling match. And he and I'm telling you something, guys. I pressed him every night for I think three months, and and through him where he actually went through the table every night. His body was a bruise, and now. He did that to make me look good, okay? Uh, he didn't have to do that. Uh, and that's when when I say giving, that's what I mean. He was one of the biggest givers in the business has ever seen. Uh, a lot of people got this stigma about it, but no, he, he was he, – and that's why it was so much fun to work with him. And, and then when you're working with somebody, you want to do the same. So I did – of course, I wasn't – I couldn't do some of the things could do – Sting could do as far as the flying things – but I did everything I could, you know, try to make him look like a million bucks as well because he deserved it. 
And matter of fact, and he'll tell you this, when they come to us with, with finishes where it was supposed to be a DQ or count out, I just put him over because he deserved that. Yeah, he you deserved that. Uh, where was Actually, it? I was getting fined and, <laughs> because it was, and I told him, I'm going to continue to do that unless you take it out of the main event. And then uh, Grizzly Smith, who I really think he's one of the smartest guys I've ever met in the business, um, real nice guy. Uh, um, he says, Sid, you've got to stop this or they're going to find you. So I said, well, take me out of the main event spot. So the very next time me and Sting worked together was in Charlotte. And they took us out of the main event spot. I did do the count out. I still didn't agree with it. I didn't think it was hurting me to let Sting win and let the people get their, you know, what they came for. But uh, but I used to put Sting over. And it was funny, too. We had matches where it was me and Stan Hansen working against Sting and Lex. And Stan Hansen's idea of a comeback would be, I'm going to give you an elbow by the ropes. And you get up, tag the other guy in, then we're going to stop him and beat him up, too. Stan would never hit, hit the mat. He would hit the rope and bounce back up for the other guy got tagged in. So, you know, Sting and Lex just got the shit beat out of every night. You know, and then I've got my part in there, too, but I'm not I'm not beating them up like Stan is. So I remember every time we go somewhere, I remember it was in Knoxville, one of the first time, you know, the, we're talking about the match that we'd had, you know, before. And then uh, Sting and Lex are behind Stan going, like, hey, remember that one night I did that spot? And I said, oh, no, don't worry. You know, I tried to do that, and Stan screamed at me. So um, I was sort of forced to um, – and there's, and Sting and Lex, I tell you, that just makes for a bad match. I can see that. I really can. Uh, let me see. Kevin here says, does Sid plan, have any plans for more shoot interviews? Yeah, I do. I just want to uh, have uh, – the you know, I, I just want to have a good topic for one. Um, and then have some good questions. There's a lot of things out there that, man, there's a million things out there that I'd like to be able to talk about. Uh, there's a lot of things I'd like to be able to do and help people that are in desperate need for help. And uh, especially some of these guys, these families that have lost, you know, loved ones to this business uh, too young, too early, and not prepared uh, financially. And uh, there's too much money out there that there's shut, something should be done for some of these people that need that. Yeah. I mean, that's just one of a million things I'd like to have a shoot interview about. Um, you know, it's not, I'm not talking about starting a union in the business. I'm just talking about, man, care for someone. I'll give you a story, uh, example. Uh, I saw Marty Gennetti several times. saw him actually in England. saw him in a couple autograph signings right before that. Uh, we were in the, walking down the corridor at the airport. He could barely walk. He was in a crutch. And I said, Marty, what's wrong? He said, I'm my ankle, blah, blah, blah. And I said, well, um, you know, they, WWE sends out these wellness things all the time about trying to get you in drug rehab. And there's a reason they're only doing that to make themselves you know, look good. Uh, and they will send you to one. They send Scott Hall to, I think, two dozen. Uh, but they won't help you on the medical thing, which I think is stupid. You know, Mar Marty didn't get that walking to the bathroom. He did that in the ring. Um, um, so I think uh, what he was told by, I think her name is Ann Russo, and I know Ann, um, said that if we were to do this for you, that would open up such a can of worms that this would, you know, it would cost them. And uh, that's, again, just uh, greed. Um, so this guy's got to walk around where he can't walk, you know. Um, so there's a lot of issues out there, shoot interviews I like to do. And there's a lot of people I like to do shoot interviews on as well.
Uh, so, but yeah, I'm looking forward to doing some in the future. Excellent. But I like for them to be, you know, I, I like to do a shooting view with the guy that I'm shooting with next to me. I don't want to do it like this. You know what I mean? I want to show first how, you know, how smart I think I am and how stupid I think other people are. Uh, I think if you put someone in a position like, and I, I'm going to probably catch a lot of heat for this, but if, if you're going to argue with me about climate change, you're going to lose that argument. Okay. Uh, and I'm a big believer in that. So, uh, and I don't have any hard feelings or uh, any, uh, I don't think if you don't believe in climate change, you're stupid. I just think you, you, you're not listening to the right people. And it's so easy. And even my neighbor who I respect, David Fogman, uh, I asked him about climate change. He's a farmer. And for the first time, you know, there's millions of acres around here. I've been able to be planted because of the floods and stuff. So I asked David, I said, David, uh, he said, man, this is the first year, Sid, I have not been able to get all my planning done. I said, well, do you believe in climate change? He goes, oh, Sid, that's just a couple of people talking about that. Well, this is how this happens. There is a couple of people talking about it and only a couple of people and they're called scientists and they, and they work for NASA and that's our government. So in, in, in theory, out of 50 billion people in the world, yeah, there's only a couple people doing it and it's more than a couple. But it, it, in, in numbers to what people are in the world, it is. But if you watch it and you do some study on it and there's one show out there and sometimes I don't like it, it's called Viceland. They really show you some really good facts. And now if you miss Earth Week, they don't discover you missed a lot of also uh, uh, things you could have grasped and, and got a great deal of knowledge from. That's the problem, people. I didn't believe in it either up to about three years ago. I farmed as a kid, you know, and then uh, uh, so I was like, you know, it just is always hot. And things go through cycles and I hang around people who think they're so smart. I, I have to believe them over over this, you know. But no, there is something to it. And they wouldn't be telling us that if it wasn't true. Because a scientist's job, people, is to gather facts and report them. They don't have a dog in the race. That's their job. It's not to, you know, they're not going to make money by telling you climate change. There is, now, we all know that Al Gore is, it has a company that does work with that. And so, if you're, I would always be skeptical of someone like Al Gore uh, selling me something. Uh, but I think as far as climate change, I think we can do more just, and I, this pandemic has showed what we can do for the first time. Where, uh, where is it, Rob, in Italy uh, or, or Paris or where does those canals, they're seeing fish and dolphins for the first time. You know, we see from, from space. Space is our country, NASA telling us the truth about things, the, the the gas is coming out of the ozone. It's no longer happening. And we were able to do this in just a short time. But that's what science says. This, if It can be fixed. But if we don't fix it now, and people, I'm not going to go into it, but this pandemic thing is indirectly caused of climate change. Those bats that cause this were under so much stress because of the fires in Brazil and Australia and bats usually ward off viruses really fast. They could not ward off that virus fast enough. And, and again, our scientists are trying to get there to prove this, but China's not allowing them back because they had already found out. They already found this out. So this is something I'm not making up, you know, and I'm not some lunatic about climate change. But again, it, it's there, guys. And the cool thing about it, 
I've seen the youth, this young girl, 16 year old, her name's Gretchen something. She, I forget where she's from, but I seen during uh, um, uh, Earth Week, Jane Goodall, who's, I'm a big fan of her, a great woman. I like, one of the reasons I like her, she likes to drink a little whiskey every night. I don't think there's <laughs> nothing wrong with that. That shows it in her show. And what really amazed me, Rob, is at the very end of it, she went to a school and these kids were like, uh, say, 9, 10, 11 years old. And this one poor little kid says, this is a, this woman is, she is Mother Nature and we need her to be here for a long time. And, and here a kid that young realizes that. But you got someone next door to me and I'm not knocking him. I like David, who's a farmer and he can't farm his crops because of the climate is in yeah. complete denial. I mean, come on, listen to that six, that nine-year-old kid. Maybe he can teach you something. Yes. That was, that was the coolest thing I ever saw. Hey, he said, she's Mother Nature, and we need her to be here for a very long time. And he's right. People are scared to lose that woman. Uh, That's awesome. And then you got the other side of it, which is so, so great to see, that 16-year-old Gretchen Thornburg. She's, uh, you know, I loved it when – her and Donald Trump did their stare down at the UN. Yes. It's like Donald Trump is scared of that little girl, you know? And then, and then again, let's just stop there. Let's don't get into politics. Gotcha. Okay. Well, we'll, we'll come back here with that. Uh, my buddy, Matt Pepper is here. Not sure if it's been asked before, but where did the fist bump with the fans come from? Well, what happened years ago in WCW, I was doing it just for myself. I was hitting myself to my chest and then I would go to the camera my wife said, you need to do that more often. Now, you know, we were always taught as bad guys not to interact with the fans. But I always had a good fan following, even being a, a heel. So I just started it, you know. Bumping the fist with the fans? You there? Oh, I'm still here. It's catching up. You're sort of there. Yeah, it's catching up. Okay, well... Uh, I think we have your next match. Now I'm gone. Now I'm back. Yep. I think we're we're getting close to the end here. Yeah, uh, you're there. You're you're back now. Uh, our buddy Dean, whose birthday is today, has your next match already. Doctor Stevel versus Psycho Sid. No. Oh no, we lost Sid. Uh oh. <laughs> And we were just getting ready for a great match. Dr. Stevel versus Psycho Sid. Um, I think we, uh, we lost Sid. Unless he can hit that link again. I'll pause here for just a second. Maybe he'll come back. Okay. Yeah, I don't think he's going to be coming back. Okay, guys, I apologize. Um, I don't think this was on my... I know I did have that power outage. I I can't explain what happened there. But uh, I guess for now, we will end it. Um, I know Sid will be back because, like I said, he is loving this. Um no, Steve, I definitely don't think he ran away from you. Okay, I definitely don't think that's it. Actually, here, give me one second. 
Hello, Sid. Okay. Uh, up in the top left corner, there's that refresh circle. It looks like an arrow going in a circle. Just click that. That should log you back in. Hey, Kyle, thanks. There we go. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah, just just page down just a little. Oh, and there you are. I'm going to bring you back in now. I'll hang up. Andy's back. I'm sorry, everyone. Um, I fell into a rabbit hole. There's big rabbits yes. in Arkansas, believe it or not, like like nine foot tall. <laughs> and it's kind of funny when you did it, too. Uh, now I got to try and find it. Um, oh, son of a gun. I forget who posted it. Oh, Dean. Let me look for Dean. Dean posted your next match, which I think would be perfect. It said... Uh, Dr. Stevel versus Psycho Sid, no holds barred. Man, I'll tell you what. I would give a year of my life just to have that match. But see, then your screen went blank. So the doctor said, oh, look, Sid is afraid of Dr. Stevel. He ran away. <laughs> well, Steve, okay, Dr. Stevel, since we're going to be honest, yeah, I'm scared of you. I'm scared you got COVID-19. See? <laughs> oh, man. We know you weren't smart enough to do you know, safe practice, safe, uh, distancing and all that. Um, and we're afraid what you do with your hands when you're not picking your nose. <laughs> That's why I don't get them near me. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> all right. Let's see if we can grab. You know what? That, that just cut you off. I, you know, Rob, it, the, it, maybe that comic-con thing it might be something fun to do uh for the people to see that i think you're 100 percent right i mean really we have like a mixed tag right you know what i mean okay dr stevel i think we might have something in the works here we got something going on uh let me see i got one here from from rocky rocky turner what's going on fellas hey sid how's it going brother Rocky actually runs a Facebook site called Virtual Asylum where you can log in and get autographs from people. Oh, cool. This is the gentleman I was talking to you about for August 29th. Okay, cool. Uh, Rocky, I appreciate you having us, having us on there like that. Uh, of course, it would be good if you, we could do it tomorrow as well. Hey, <laughs> exactly. but no, Rocky, I do have a, a question for you. Uh, and uh, Rob can confirm this. Uh, and I don't know if you help people like this is um, a guy who goes by Tojo Jr. He used to wrestle around here in Memphis. He sent a picture of his refrigerator, him and his mom. He's just went through quadruple bypass. Is there ever, is there something like something you could do for something for so like someone like that, bring them on, let people know that this is uh, 
um, for someone who, you know, we know there's a lot of struggling wrestlers out there right now because everybody's missing out on so many of these autograph signings, events, and stuff like that. Um, you know, I know the first thing you would think, and I think I would say the same thing, uh, do we know this guy's legit and stuff like that. Um, but what would you suggest for somebody like Tojo Jr. Uh, that's looking to try to, you know, get a little food for him and his mother uh, and, you know, get some of his prescriptions filled? Do you have a I have an idea for someone like that. I'll keep an eye on the feed to see if he comes back with an answer. Sure. If he doesn't, I'll text him as soon as we're done. Sure. This is an interesting question. Wow, it filled the screen. Um, during the match in WCW where you broke your leg, was there ever a thought to stopping the match? And he was. this guy was surprised that it did continue. You know, And I've always wondered that. Like, where is that line? Well, to- the thing, I'm sorry, you cut you off. I, I tried to stop the match as soon as it happened. And, and th- there wasn't supposed to be a cover. The The outcome was uh, my partner who hadn't made it yet was Animal. He was going to show up and then also jump in and, and beat me up. And the whole idea, then I would have three different guys to work with in the future. You know, that sort of like programming the people. But we all know if you ever get a one, two, three, then they go black. So immediately when I, know, I knew my leg was broken, I knew I wasn't going to be able to get up and partake it in a, a beating or give a beating at this point, I said, Hey, cover me. And uh, all the guys got just, they went blank. They couldn't react. They didn't know what to do. But so if they would have covered me, like I asked and a couple of times, you see me trying to pull them on top of me. Uh, we could have got out of that much faster. That still blows my mind that they waited that long. You know, it's, it's the business, I, I guess. I, I don't fully understand it, but I, I guess I kind of have to. Uh, You're cutting out just a little bit, Rob. Oh, okay. Yeah, you're frozen again, so I'm concerned. We'll, we'll get one last thing in here. Now you're out altogether. There you are. But your yeah. face is still. Frozen? There you go. I think yeah. you're back, maybe. Good. Um, one last question. I did see it up there earlier, and it's just come out in the news. Uh, Bray Wyatt has released a story where supposedly he was a youngster in the change room and you broke one of his toys. Um, that's very, that's possible. Uh, I, you know, I really don't, um, remember, uh, Mike bringing the children to the matches, but maybe I, I really I vaguely remember it. It's, it, but that's very possible. And if I did, I'm sorry about that, Bray. First of all, brats aren't supposed to be in the locker room and that's probably why I did it. You know, no, I'm just kidding. I, I'm a big fan of Bray Wyatt. I don't like what he's doing now, but I was a big fan of his in the beginning. That is awesome. And I guess we'll fi- finish up with this. Steve says, my autograph is up there if you want it, Sid. <laughs> Man, I, I'll give you 50 bucks for it. Oh, you better jump on that, Steve. <laughs> right, man. Never get that again. <laughs> All righty. So I know you are ready for supper, so we right. better cut this this went a little longer than we planned so hopefully everything is still okay yeah uh well i guess we'll apologize of course um we'll apologize for the you know technical difficulties we had tonight Uh, i don't think anybody was upset i think everybody enjoyed themselves i enjoyed myself everyone rob i enjoyed always being with you and chatting with you and doing these things i love doing this i could do it every night um let's do give a shout out to larry still he's still a jerk uh you know, he, he never still made good on his podcast. Excuse me. 
Uh, he's probably asleep in Minneapolis. Of course, that's where all that troubles started. And I'm sure that he's at the bottom of how that trouble got started. And if, if he had his say, so he'll probably continue that trouble for the next 10 years up there. Uh, <laughs> but that's just Larry. He's a, he's sometimes he could be a little bit of a crazy man. Gotcha. And, uh, yeah, I think that's all we've got here. All right. Well, I guess that's it for this episode. Cool. All right, man. Uh, we will say goodbye to everybody. Have Enjoy your dinner. And right. I guess we'll be back next time. Yeah, next time. And, and uh, you know, too, guys, if anyone out there has a topic they like for us to talk about, give us a, give us a, you know, um, what my favorite uh, disc jockey's dad's name is Bashful Bob. He said, send us one of those electronic letters. You know, yes. Send us an electronic letter. We'll try to give you a good old story about here in the country life of those Sid dishes down here. I've got a lot of cool stories also about, you know, I'm, I'm just a few, of course, Rob seen where Johnny Cash was born. Uh, so uh, we love talking about music. Um, we don't have to talk about just wrestling. If you got something out there you want to discuss, or you think you, you want to uh, talk about, just let us know. Absolutely. Kind of like what uh, John here said. Uh, this was great to watch. You're, Looking forward to seeing you guys. You froze. There, uh, you froze. Uh, yeah. You're back again. You're back again. There's John. <laughs> Zin, what does it say? John Zinak said, this was great to watch. Looking forward to seeing you guys again. John, the same here. So let's end this before we have any more technical difficulties. Exactly. Rob, thank you. I'd like to thank the fans for uh, tuning in tonight. I love all the great questions. I hope I gave the answers everybody was looking for. And we're looking forward to doing this again. My time is yours. And for our question this week, we have Luke from Kitchener, Ontario. Luke, what's your question? Uh, hey, Sid, I, just, I got a question, quick question there for you. From your, um, <clears throat> well, first of all, like I was said, I've always been a big fan of yours, especially from back in the 80s when you uh, were going against uh, Hogan. And uh, that was always exciting to see. But... Um, your leg injury from 2001 when you were in um, WCW there, uh, when you were jumping off the rope, you you broke your your leg there. Um, yeah, no how shit. How was it? Yeah, <laughs> that, I, <laughs> How did how did how did the wrestling treat you after that? Like, was that pretty much like how long was the recovery from from your injury there? We'll be honest with you, Luke. I was just, I was thinking about that a little bit today. You never recover for something like that, first of all. And uh, how they treated me was pretty, not that well. Meaning, to get from the hospital to the airport, if my wife hadn't been there, I, I wouldn't have made it. And so they left me and her to do it by ourselves. She can't push me up a hill in a wheelchair. We struggled getting the airport. It's a nasty little air, airport in Indianapolis. And so that would be the answer to that. Uh, they didn't treat me very well on that deal. Now, <clears throat> as far as uh, how the, it affected me through my life, it's, um, it's affected every joint in my body from my shoulders being on that walker for so long and crutches. And um, now that I'm, you know, this left leg where I broke it, now my right knee, I need knee replacement, but I'm fighting against that. Actually, it's doing much better, however. Uh, but again, it's just, uh, it's just, it's not, it's just a, domino effect is this knee that ankle now starting to work itself to my hips and uh not bad you know but i can feel it you know so 
Uh, yeah. You never. The answer is you never recover from something like that, Luke. Yeah, yeah. That's why they yeah, put saw, horses I, to sleep. They put horses to sleep because the the break is so far down from the heart, uh, it can never mend. Uh, I, yeah. I don't know why the doctors never really explained to me, but I pretty much lost lost my left calf uh, over the years. I, I, I can't extend. Uh, I can't walk on my left heel. I don't know if you ever tried that. Um, I can walk on my right heel with my foot off the ground, but not my left. So, um, uh, got really just use of one leg. Yeah. Yeah. Excellent. Yeah, Thank you so much there. for that, Luke. You've been listening to the Vicious Circle Podcast. Your host, Sid Udi. Co-host, J. Robert Bellamy. Additional research by Pete Marsh. The Vicious Circle Podcast was produced by Two Cousin Road Trip Media, a division of JX3 Media Productions. The intro music, Omega Amigo, was by The Shaman. All rights to the podcast are held by Sid Udi.